Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hey, everyone. Happy Friday. I hope that you had a great week. My week was definitely better than the week I had the week before. (laughs) I was actually supposed to be in California over the long weekend. My husband had just had a medical procedure and then we almost lost our dog again. How many lives are dogs supposed to get? Like I know cats have nine lives. I think I've heard that dogs have like seven lives or five lives. I'm making that up maybe. I don't know. But my dog has definitely burned through a couple of hers already, (laughs) but she's fine now. And yeah, this is a new week or a new weekend, I guess. And I'm excited about today's topic. This is actually around ADHD coaching. So it's not my typical podcast. So if you have no interest in being an ADHD coach or getting coached by an ADHD coach, then I would recommend not listening to this podcast because it's not going to be interesting for you. However, if you've ever had any curiosity in becoming a coach or getting coached by somebody who either has life coach training or ADHD life coach training, then you might find this interesting. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Or if you know somebody who's interested in coaching and is, you know, doing their research, then you might want to share this with them because it can add some perspective in terms of making decisions. And with that, in full transparency, I am not an expert on coaching programs, ADHD or otherwise. I'm not selling any how to become a coach programs, (laughs) nor am I an affiliate for any program. So everything that I'm going to share today is entirely from my own experience with zero agenda. So how did I decide to become a life coach or an ADHD life coach? I had actually been really interested in the life coaching industry for a long time. Like back when Marie Forleo first hit the scene, I remember her talking about her learning about life coaching and getting trained and and building her business. I just thought, oh my gosh, that sounds so awesome and compelling because I'm really into personal development, human development, and human performance. I did my undergrad in psychology, and I had full intention to become a clinical psychologist. But that whole idea that one of my professors shared with me that if you become a clinical psychologist, you're going to sit and listen to people complain about the problems all day long. I was just like, whoa, (laughs) that is a really good point. And that deterred me from moving into psychology as a profession. So this whole idea of coaching was like, okay, rather than looking at the pathology of human development, I'm looking at what makes good people great and helping them get there and everything about that sounded compelling. So I had been looking at the life coaching industry for a long time. And there was a couple of reasons why I didn't pull a trigger on training. The first reason was that I had this limiting belief that I couldn't make money doing anything that I loved. Um, weird as that sounds. (laughs) I've talked about this in the past. I don't have that belief anymore because I have proven myself to be wrong on that account, but it was a limiting belief for me for a very long time. The other reason I did not pull the plug was that, oh, there's just so much about life coaching that just sounds a little cringy, right? Like I'm the first to admit that it sounds cringy to say I'm a life coach. (laughs) But there's a lot of merit. There's a lot of goodness in this industry, but there's a lot equally as much, if not more snake oil and grossness. And I mean, I I know all about the problematic aspects of coaching and personal growth and personal development and self-help. So, I mean, that's a topic for another podcast. So that was another reason why I had not pulled the plug. And then, I mean, coaching was really expensive. It's a huge investment. And 
I knew that just because I go get a training and put up a shingle does not mean I'm going to be a successful coach. It is really hard to build a business in an industry that's still proving itself, right? Like a lot of people get therapy and that's very common knowledge, but you know, there's not a lot of distinction from the average person about well, why would I get a therapist versus a coach and why would I pay for a coach rather than get a therapist through my benefits and and those sort of things. So I had a lot of trepidation about moving into the industry, but I had always looked at different programs. I almost pulled the trigger on one and that was at UC David. And I had this idea that, well, if I get my training at a university, then it's going to be the real deal as opposed to somewhere else. And I don't know if that's true or not, because when people hire me, they don't ever ask me where I got my training. So I don't think they care. But I ended up not going with that simply because it, logistically it would have been a nightmare. Um, so I just had kind of kept it on the back burger, burner, you know, watching, following different coaches, but never quite thinking it was for me. And it really wasn't until I started to learn about ADHD and suspect that I had it, that I had discovered ADHD coaching. And I was at that point going through my diagnosis process, which it was, it was a whole several month journey. And I really started looking into it and I thought this would be the right thing for me. My gut says absolutely hell yes to this where it was only kind of going to the idea of life coaching. And I'm not, I'm not discounting life coaching at all. I'm just sharing my experience and my, my thought process around it. So once I had learned about it and investigated the whole process of it and helping people that may have the same brain that I have, then I was like, yes, this is for me. So that's when I started doing my research. And what I learned is that there are, well, first of all, there's a lot of life coaching programs out there. And there are several that are ADHD focused specifically. So they do life coaching, but then it's also, you know, focused on that ADHD neurodiverse brain. So I explored the majority of them that are out there on the market right now. And I did some research and reviews. I bought like small training programs from some of them that offered like little mini trainings because I wanted to get a sense of the quality of education because I am a snob when it comes to that sort of thing. And I, to be honest, some of it was not impressive at all. And I actually asked for my money back and I got it. And then I saw some stuff on Udemy as well. And uh, it was not great either, but it was you to me. So I wasn't expecting much, but I, I just wanted to see what was out there in the landscape and figure out what was right with me. Now, the other thing that was really important to me when selecting a school was that it was recognized by ICF and ICF stands for the International Coaching Federation. Now, ICF is considered to be the quote unquote governing body that works to standardize the coaching industry. And as with any association in any industry, it's really important to realize that they are self-governing and they're basically just a made up entity that creates some standards and says, if you want to be sanctioned by us, then you have to follow our standards and pay our fees. Like, it's the same thing in the yoga industry. It's the same thing in all of these different industries that are unregulated where a governing body will pop up to the top and say, okay, we're going to kind of standardize this unregulated industry. It was the same thing in change management as well. Now, while I am fully aware that ICF is made up and I kind of take that whole association regulation piece with a grain of salt. I'm also very aware that coaching is just made up. All of it is just made up. 
it was actually created by a guy by the name of Thomas Leonard back in the 80s who was a financial planner and he said he was really bad at it. And I don't know what happened that he became the founder of the coaching industry, but he ended up doing a lot of work within the industry to develop the practice of coaching. He started the first coaching school, published a bunch of books. Some of them are really good. I would search out a Thomas Leonard if you're interested in coaching because he's got some really good books. And he trained the first coaches in the industry. So with that said, all of this is made up, right? Like, I mean, all things are made up when you think about it. Even brain surgery is made up. <laughs> it came from somewhere, right? Somebody first started playing around with somebody's brain and coaching is no different. But the reason that I wanted to, to get a school that was credentialed through ICF was because if you want to work with corporations or government or education or, or in any B2B capacity with institutions that might work with coaches, then you have to have at least an ACC, which is the bottom level of qualifications within ICF. But generally, they do look for coaches with a PCC, which is sort of that mid-tier level. All companies are going to look for that. Also, if we ever get to a point where insurance starts covering coaches or they get included in benefits, you better believe they're going to be looking for ICF credentialing as well. Now, while there are many coaching programs that are recognized by ICF, there is only one ADHD specific program that is recognized by ICF, and that's ADCA. It's also recognized by PAC, and that is the coaching governing body that's specific to ADHD. It's also accepted by ACO, which is the ADHD coaching organization. And there's like a whole bunch of governing bodies within the ADHD field. And all of them recognize ADCA as being like the industry leading training institution. So that was the reason why I chose ADCA beyond reading the reviews and all that sort of stuff. And actually talking to the founder of the school. It checked all the industry boxes for me, and I wanted to have those credentials so that it made working in B2B capacity a lot easier. Now, does me having my ACC or PCC make me a better coach than the person next to me who doesn't? Not at all, not necessarily. I think the general public doesn't even care about these credentials. I've never been asked what my credentials are, but organizations do. So I think as the coaching industry continues to grow and develop, it's going to become more and more important to have that, that box checked just because we still live in that world where people want to see accreditations, <laughs> good, bad, or indifferently. So as I mentioned, I did choose ADCA for my coach training, and I have zero regrets about it. The founders were awesome. Awesome. I actually talked to David, who is the founder of the school, personally before I signed up. He was he and the majority of the original uh, trainers that I got trained with were all trained by Thomas Leonard. That's how they all met. So they're sort of like the OCs of the coaching industry. Like, and Thomas Leonard wasn't an ADHD coach. He was just a life coach. So they were the OCs of the life coaching industry that all had ADHD and banded together to create ADCA. They have been coaching for years. Like, I mean, these guys are not spring chickens and they're, <laughs> they're not in their 20s. They use science-based research to inform all of their training. So there is so much research that goes into the curriculum that they have. And they are considered to be the leading training institute in the ADHD community. So for all of those reasons, that's why I chose them. So here's what I loved about them. 
I love that their program was progressive. So their very foundational program that everybody takes is called Simply ADHD. And it's basically like the 101 of ADHD and based on all the recent research so that you can take it if you want to become a coach. But if you're somebody who just got diagnosed or somebody who you know, got a kid that's diagnosed, a lot of the people that were in that class weren't interested in moving on to coaching. They just wanted that basic knowledge. So they were there for that one course and then they checked out. And then you would progress through the rest of the courses for the remainder of your coach training. Every session was live. There's no pre-recorded tra training classes, which was really good. It gave you a connection to the instructor and the groups and the groups are small and you get practicums, you get feedback. There's so much structure. It was very ADHD friendly. It was also very supportive and friendly and inclusive. So, you know, most of us had neurodiversity, maybe other comorbid situations going on, and it was just a, a safe place for everyone. So I loved that. Like the culture is really, really positive. And they had great admin support. Like sometimes I was late submitting my practicums and they'd be like, hey, Garrett, are you going to do this? And it was great that I had that extra accountability. Now, things that, you know, I wished that they did that they didn't, I wish they had more training on starting up a business. But of course, in the ADHD field, not all coaches use online models to grow their business because there are so many governing bodies and I don't want to call them governing bodies, but like ACO, like the, the ADHD coaching organization and PAC and all of these various different organizations within the ADHD community all have directories for certified coaches. And I'm on all of them, but they do have their standards of, you know, what kind of training did you get and whether or not they will recognize it as ADHD training or appropriate training to be on their directory. So that was another reason why I, I thought that ADCA was a great choice, but they don't give you a ton of training. There is some business training, but it's not very much. I wish that there was ongoing structure for cohorts after they graduated. I completed my basic training last year and I was devastated at the end of the year when the training was over, not only because it gave me structure during the Rona, but you know, I love the people. I love showing up twice a week for our classes and I learned so much and it just, it was sort of like the anchors in my week. So I was so sad when that ended and I started advanced training this year. So that'll be done very soon. And I have that structure again, and I'm already anticipating it being over, and I'm going to be so sad. So I'm going to mention that to them because I think that they should. They do have like, you know, there's Facebook groups and they do like big meetups at Chad, the Chad conference. Like, I think they have one of the biggest groups at the Chad conference because so many ADHD coaches have been trained through them. So there, there is definitely an afterlife <laughs> after training, but I wish there was something more structured, you know? I think that would be really good. And the other thing I drove me bananas, their research library library is really hard to navigate. So they've got access to all of the research, all of the studies, all of the things, but it is not organized great. And they're the first to admit that they need to get that sorted. But like the course and everything was easy peasy. Like you just sign on to your Blue Jeans link and there you go. So here's what I would look for in a school before you invest gobs of money in a training program, ADHD specific or otherwise. First question, does it have accreditation? And is that important to you? Like if it's not important to you, if you only ever see yourself working with the general public, then maybe it's not a big deal. But if you ever see yourself moving into B2B, working with organizations, you are probably going to want a accredited accreditation, like it or lump it. Has the school been around for a while? 
Adkin was a first of its kind and it is still like the industry leader. A lot of them have popped up since. Some of them were trained through Adkin and have started their own institutions. I can't speak to those, but Adkin was the founding school. And the other thing, if you are going to be an ADHD coach, decide whether or not it's important to you that the school focus on training ADHD coaches specifically, or is it a general life coaching school that doesn't offer specific ADHD training? Because that's great. You're going to get all of your life coach training, but then how are you going to formalize that education on all of the neuroscience behind ADHD? Is it going to be reading the books that your clients are reading as well? It's really important to think about that piece because in like the ADCA training, we throughout the entire thing, we were learning about how the ADHD brain works and how to leverage training and coaching to help an ADHD or figure things out for themselves. The other thing is the school solely focused on training coaches. Or is it a business that coaches all the people and then you can also take this other course in becoming a coach and maybe it feels a bit more like an MLM than a training institution? If a coaching training institution is going to be best in class, then they're focused on that one thing. They're not coaching the general public. They're not making one-off courses for this person and the other person. They are focused on bringing the most recent and relevant research to ADHD coaches and I think that's why ADCA is the school that it is and has a reputation that it does because it is focused on that one thing. And to that end, does school require that you become a member of a club or sign up for their thingamajigger before you can take the course? Something I'd heard somebody say recently was that they were surprised that so many coaching schools don't use some sort of application process just to make sure that they would be a good coach. And, you know, my first thought was, that's a really good point. But then the second thought is, who is that one person to decide who would be a good coach, right? And the thing is, if, if I had an interview with somebody when I first signed up for coaching, I don't know that they would have thought I was a great coach. I don't think I would have thought I was a great coach because I've learned so much from since then. So yeah, I had, I had mixed feelings about that, that thought or that process. Does the school claim to be the best? just because they say so. And I've seen this and, and I'm not going to say anything more about that. But yeah, as long as you believe it, it's true. And I, this just, anyway, when you talk to people in the industry, which you should, who do they recommend? And who do the industry associations recommend or point to or see as being an accredited school? All of those things I don't think are the sum total reason why you should pick a school. And I'm not suggesting that you go to ADCA, even though I'm sure it sounds like I am. I'm just reinforcing the decision that I made and the reasons why I did. But I think if anything, the takeaway I would encourage you to take from what I just shared was ask yourself those questions. Like what's most important to you? What do you want to get out of coaching? If you just want to work with the general public within a niche or not, then get coached by whoever you think is going to help you or who you want to be coached by or who you resonate with. Again, at the end of the day, the credentialing piece, I mean, what does it all mean at the end of the day? It's, it's such a, it's such a crapshoot, right? Who, who's to say what's great and what's not, but you know, if, if you, Go with a school that has developed some sort of structure and rigor that is repeatable and has developed a lot of great coaches from their program, then you know you're investing in something that is 
proven to be successful. So anyway, that's my two cents on how to find a school, a training, a path that works for you. And if you already have training and you're feeling like, oh my God, I didn't check any of these boxes, or I don't know that my my school was credentialed, that doesn't mean that you had a, a bad experience or you're not a good coach or anything like that. In fact, personally, even though I've gone through all of the training at ADCA, I feel like my training as a coach has only just begun. I will now go out and do d- different programs and learn different models and check different boxes because I don't think your training ends with the end of your program. If you, you want to develop your craft in anything, then you become a lifelong student of it. So I'm not suggesting that any program is bad. I'm just sharing what I learned and how I researched and what I thought was important as I went through the process of finding which school I was going to go to. Because let's be honest, coach training is not cheap. And there's some programs out there that charge astronomical amounts. I don't know how they get away with it, but people sign up for it. Mine was, I think that my education, including my advanced training was somewhere in the, somewhere between 12 or $13,000 total, which I think is pretty standard, but you know, there's a variety of different costs out there. So anyway, I will leave it there. I hope this was helpful. I hope that if it wasn't helpful, curious why you're still listening, but I hope that if you know somebody who's thinking about coaching, you send this along to them because they might find it helpful. Anyways, guys, I'll be back next week. And on that note, take care. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.